Hello again, and welcome to the Borderline Genius Podcast. My name is Chet Sandberg. And I'm Nora McKinney. I'm a nurse who doesn't want to be a nurse anymore. And I'm a researcher who doesn't want to be in academia anymore. So what do we want to be? I always wanted to be a baker. Don't listen to her. She's a writer. Okay, we're writers, and Borderline Genius is a podcast for writers. Because the world needs another one of those. But this one's different. It's Borderline Genius because he's borderline. And she's a genius. I'm not really a genius. Whatever. Join us as we discuss what we love and hate about writing, writers, writing community, and everything else. It's Borderline Genius. So welcome to this episode of Borderline Genius. Uh, For today's topic, we have decided to not have an interview, but to speak about something that is quite important when you're starting out as a writer that I I see this in the community sometimes and I I wanna just give a little bit of reassurance to some people about um, finding synergy with other writers and finding a tribe uh, and not to be discouraged if that takes a little bit of time. Um, As you know from our introduction, uh, Borderline Genius is me, Chet Sandberg, as an as yet unpublished author. And uh, Nora McKinney, um, who is a um, published author with um, one novel, and I believe you have a short story, either it's published or coming out soon? It's coming out. It's going to be in an anthology. It yeah. will take some time. I think Oof. before that I will have the second novel switch out Yeah. this summer. Amazing. And that's an amazing short story. Very, yeah, anyway. Oh, speaking of which, uh, just because I don't know when this will go out, but um, and I don't know how much time I'll have to for it, but there is uh, there are a few people in the community that are trying to do a project for an anthology where we all write the same basic premise for a story, and it's about um, somebody who uses a shredder on receipts, and the receipt when you use the shredder for the receipt, it brings you back to that time. And is it you the receipt re- or is it just a document? I thought it was just a document. Receipts. It was receipts. Oh, and do- receipts. Yeah, receipts, oh. receipts especially. Maybe it could be documents too. But the idea is that, yeah, you shred a receipt or a document from a certain time. And when you do that, you go back and um, you get to relive it again. Um, and, but you can also possibly change it. Mm. And so it's so funny because sometimes early on with, with new writers, they get obsessed about their ideas. They're so afraid somebody's going to steal their idea. Mm-hmm. But... I think something this anthology might show is that you can give somebody basic ideas and you see this in writing exercises. Anytime you do creative writing exercises, we're all given a task based on a theme. You will end up with very, very different stories with all sorts Mm -hmm. of things coming from that. And so it's not always the idea that's the most important thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think this is probably something most people know if they've been doing Mm -hmm. it for a while, but yeah. So today, um, we would like to talk about synergy and tribe for writers. And um, would you want to lead us off on on something with that, Nora, or or would you like me to start? I'm actually very interested because, um, as you you know, maybe the listeners uh-huh. don't know, I'm a bit of a loner. I always did everything on my own, yeah. with very little support. Even in my scientific career, I sat alone in in an office and I did stuff on my computer, mm-hmm. which is not the way you usually do it in science, actually. Oh. Um, yeah, you have collaborations and you speak with people and you exchange ideas and you get help from others. But um, I don't know, somehow it must be something in my character because 
you see it now too, right? I, I get an idea and I just run with it and do stuff. Um, yeah, but I'm so happy you were willing to drag me along for the ride. Yeah. And then I get to <laughs> add something to it. Yeah. And it's nice actually to not be alone um, right. with stuff all the time. But, you know, it was the same with the book or the books that I just, you know, wrote. And um, I didn't think about the tribe or anything. I just, I was so immersed in it that I just wrote something. And I had one friend who read it and proofread it for me. Uh-huh. And, you know, um, somebody else did, did a second proofreading. And that was pretty much it. Um, mm. I didn't even think of getting validation from somebody that's um, amazing that is like that's pretty unusual actually i would say but this is why this happened because i didn't go about it in the writer way because i wasn't a writer in the sense that people mean it right Mm -hmm. like i didn't think about how to write i didn't um, examine my process i didn't speak with others i didn't know about creative writing or anything i just it was just me and my computer mm-hmm. and that was it so i i didn't exist in this culture that i exist in today mm-hmm. of the writing community you know of, of method mm-hmm. and do you understand what i mean yeah uh nora mckinney the accidental novelist yeah yeah, yeah, that's what I say. It was by uh-huh. accident. I, I really yeah. did write this by accident <laughs> or because I, I just enjoyed it. I didn't think about it all that much. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I. it's not so much amazing as mm-hmm. you said it was amazing. It's not amazing. It's like when a child, you know, mm-hmm. takes their crayons and they sit at the desk and, and draw something. They don't think about all this environment. They just, just want to sit there and create whatever. Yeah, but think about how amazing that is coming into your... Uh, late 30s or um, you know I, because I I would do a lot of that kind of stuff early on in my 20s just do it but I'll tell you what I never finished a novel so to me what's amazing is finishing something is immense as immense an undertaking I know there are a lot of indies that they're like they're, you know they proudly proclaim that they can throw off a novel mm. once a month you know yeah but uh, to me finishing a novel was a giant it was a gigantic undertaking it really was a lot of emotional uh, labor, you know, in a, in a, mm. in a, it was very difficult. And, um, um, I couldn't tell you, I didn't have the community either, but I did have, um, mm. a very enthusiastic partner at the time. Yeah. And, um, I would never say that I wrote it because she had faith in me, but I'll tell you mm. that it made it so that I didn't forget about it. It made it so that I felt like there would be at least be an audience of one person that would read this novel and find something valuable in it. And that just that was enough. And oddly enough, not, yet, not everybody has that. It sounds like you didn't really have that. No, I didn't really have that. But you see, yeah. see, my husband is an extreme introvert, right? Yeah. So he, um, he doesn't express enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. When he tells you something is good, it could be good, okay, good, good, amazing. And he would say, it's good. Yeah. It's a very British way to, to express yourself. He's German. Yeah. But I, I know that. And I know that I will get no information from him as to if he liked something, if he really liked something or not. Mm-hmm. And in my second, the second novel, he was like, oh, I hate this guy, my main character. Like, <laughs> I hate this guy. I hate him. Ah! And then I asked him, <laughs> okay, but what about the book? It, was it good? And the comment I get from him, 
and from most other people is, is it flows. Yeah. So there wasn't, I mean, even though he didn't like the character, uh-huh. the book flowed so well that he didn't put it down. Yeah. Yeah. So, but that was the only comment I got from, from my husband. Oh. Um, but the, the thing my husband does, which is also has to do with his under reactiveness <clears throat> to situation, is that he also doesn't react when I'm being bad, when I'm being a bad wife, a bad mm-hmm. mother. I could, like, I sat there for five months, day and night, and, and went to work and then wrote. Mm-hmm. Then went to work again and then wrote, day and night. And he didn't say anything. He didn't, you know, sometimes he would say, come on, you know, could you please get out from the couch? Now we have to, we have to get the kids to bed. Please yeah. come. But this was the only thing, right? That, uh-huh. that was, that was all. So he's very supporting in his, in his own strange way in which he just takes on all the work and doesn't say anything. Yeah. And this is work that should be shared, but he just doesn't care and doesn't mind. And if I, and if I get, you know, feelings of guilt, He's like, it's fine, you know, you've worked for so many years, you've taken care of us, just, it's okay, if you want to write, write. And now he's even um, thinking of uh, changing jobs because he's in a fortunate position that he can get a high paying job if he wants to. Yeah. Um, Which he doesn't because he doesn't want a managerial position, but he will if he has to. Um, And he's looking for a better paying job because I told him I don't want to work anymore. I just want to sit and write and I know this is not going to (laughs) pay. So he's like, okay, I will just look for a job. And this is, I mean, even if he doesn't like my Don't minimize how much work we're doing. I mean, you think about the work that you're doing. It's so funny that you say that because we had that discussion where you're like, you know, it's weird that we live in a society where you are doing things that are incredibly valuable for some of the people in the community. Yeah, I'm working a lot, but I'm just not Mm -hmm. paid for it. Mm -hmm. Yet. Not yet. Yet. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All the edits and the better reads and... um, yeah, I mean, you gave Tad Williams a, a, a damn Kindle ebook edit. Yeah, okay. For free. <laughs> he didn't get it, so um, uh, I don't think it counts. He didn't get the feedback. But maybe if this podcast takes off, we could invite oh, Tad Williams and what, I could give him an edit on air. That would be amazing. <laughs> that would be awesome, yeah. That's a goal to shoot for, right? Dear yeah. Tad, you might have <laughs> sold 17 million books, but I know how to edit your stuff. How, t- how old is Tad Williams? I want to sixty. Oh, yeah, he's a boomer maybe? for sure, yeah. Yeah, he's 63, born in 57. He's definitely a boomer. Yeah. Mm. I say he's an intense-looking guy, though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Quite attractive, yeah, I would yeah. say. Yeah, exactly. Like, he's not a George... Like, no offense, George. You'll never read this, but George looks like the biggest nerd of nerd. Are we talking about the same George here? George R. R. Martin. Yeah, yeah, no, he's uh, not like. Yeah, yeah, and Stephen King. He's he's looks sweet though, right? Oh man, Stephen King Stephen looks King, like a nightmare. <laughs> he just looks weird. I mean, don't get he me wrong. He just looks like his books, right? He looks very right, nightmarish. I think. I would never say I would never say that because I don't want to. Um, but, but this is a compliment. I, he's a horror writer. Come well, on. Well, but it's really funny. Early on, I said, "Can we all just agree?" It's so funny because I didn't understand how, what Twitter was really at the time. Mm. It was still early on, and I, I remember I said, "Can we all just agree that Steve King is one weird looking dude?" Yeah. And somebody put under there, they said, you know, he's on, he's active on here a lot. Somebody should tag him in this conversation. Said, oh, I said, oh my God. I said, please, oh my God, please don't do that. Oh my God. I, I didn't mean it like that. Like I didn't mean. But push. come on. If I mean, the guy yeah. is so wildly success- successful yeah, 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 yeah. and he what must he have care? enough self-esteem to not be bothered by your comment. Come on. Like, uh, you'd think so. But yeah, I mean, probably, I'm sure he does. But you know, some writers, writers are notorious for having thin skins. I, it's so funny. I'm an editor and I'm ruthless but I don't always react very well. I mean, if you tell me my writing is bad, I have a thin skin. But if you tell me I look bad because you saw a picture of me, I was like, okay, fine. Like, 
yeah. he's my writing is still fine so yeah <laughs> this is my point of view but yeah i don't know i mean come on i don't think this is a good issue yeah so you uh, you know something that we talked about as far as tribe and all that stuff goes is that i remember you were having a moment where you were like i work with some of the most brilliant people in the world and they didn't have a very um effusively praising response to your novel no so i thought that was dumb basically and my novel was dumb because um I'm a, I'm a physicist i have a phd in astrophysics and my, the people i know are mostly phd physicists professors you know they are very very smart people and um we all grew up um you know reading literary stuff and classics and the things that are considered highbrow you know um so n those people don't really read genre except for science fiction because it's very relevant to being a physicist of course yeah and they definitely wouldn't read erotica because yeah. it's uh, <laughs> no and i didn't read erotica either i just wrote um a book that has many erotic elements because this is how it came out um i couldn't explain this more um and yeah my best friend for example he read it he proofread it and he's also one of those introverts like my husband who doesn't really express an opinion in a very exuberant way you know so that it's, it's good it's a book it's good it's not what i would read but you know it's it's good for its kind yeah and this comment it's good for its kind i heard from several physicists yeah um and and, and from other people you know and yeah, yeah. it sounds a little bit yeah. disparaging if you say it this way although i'm absolutely yeah we certain. call it damning with faint praise is what is what we call it yeah. yeah maybe it wasn't it wasn't met like that because physicists are tend to be very literal in what they say so they don't mean it mean it like that and this mm -hmm. is part of some people's um i wouldn't say lack in emotional intelligence but many Range. physicists yeah the range is a little bit narrower let's say and it's not very perceptibly so mm -hmm. but it's just just enough so that you might notice it if you are emotionally intelligent you know or in a close relationship with them so yeah so these people will say things like it's good for its kind and they mean it in the best possible way whereas if i would say it's good for its kind i uh -huh. would actually uh -huh. Yeah, you'd be trying to get out of saying something yes, bad. Yes, mm -hmm. exactly. So mm -hmm. it's it's difficult for me to understand what they're trying to say because I always have to adjust my emotional brain, which is more literary than theirs, even though I am a physicist too, to what they are trying to say. And sometimes I misunderstand them and I tell and I tell them, "Look, you you insulted me. You said that and that." And they said they say, "No, no, no. I didn't mean it. I mean it, I mean it exactly in the literal way." <laughs> Yeah. I said it. And this happens to me too. Sometimes uh -huh. I say stuff to you or to people on Twitter and I mean them uh -huh. because I'm also a physicist and I also have this problem that of the, you know, of expressing myself exactly, you know, in very exact ways. Uh -huh. I mean them without, you know, sarcasm. So if I'm sarcastic, I, I put an emoji <laughs> to what I say. So people still understand the sarcasm that's not there. So this is this is a, pr a bit of a problem with physicists generally. Yeah. So they might mean something in the best possible way and you might understand it in the, you know, more generally accepted uh, Somebody's trying to get out way. of, yeah, or somebody's yeah. just trying to get out of saying something yeah. mean. Yeah, it's really interesting that you say that because I told you about my friend. Um, 
Um, and I remember when I wrote something early on and he gave me a little bit of crap for some certain things that I wrote and like, Jesus, this is such a not positive story. And I said, what do you mean at the end? He's like, well, okay, she didn't die. Like, okay, but that's, not, but, but what's really funny was he stopped, he paused. And this is my friend who's very, it's funny because he, he does have the range of emotions, but his expressiveness is not, it's not, yes. yeah, he doesn't have a, a range for it. And he's yeah. extremely intelligent. Yeah. But he's a little bit on the more mathematical, logical side. This of is how my friends are. Yes. Yeah. But he said to me, he looked at me and, he, and, and, and I, could, I knew him well enough at this point that I knew what he said. This is part of why I'm a writer today. And um, mm. Daryl may, may or may never hear this, but at one point he said, you could do this. Yeah. And he said, he said, not everybody could do this, but you could do this. If mm. you want to invest time and effort mm. into learning how to do this, you could, this is something. Yes, exactly. So, so their praise is, is given in a very <laughs> sober way. It's not like, wow, this mm -hmm. is amazing. It's like, mm -hmm, it's good. Yeah. And from this, you know, you have to somehow figure out from this that they mean, you know, do it. This is worth it. Yeah. Which is sometimes very difficult because you expect people, at, at least people that are close to you to show some, level of enthusiasm which they don't because they have very you know right that's <laughs> oh it's so yeah it's so hard early on when you're writing because you think if you're somebody who's yeah. been in it longer like you and i have I'm you not, see I these... haven't been in it longer. <laughs> you been in you it realize that one year though. ago I hadn't even published my first novel. Like. Sure, but you've been very like the way you the way you approach. I've I have yet to see you do anything half-heartedly. So the way that you like the way that you and I granted you know it's so funny we were just talking about this how like you know I don't was it six months ago maybe that we started talking if that yeah six months ago more or less and it just blows my <laughs> mind that it's only been six months yeah. because to me it's like. Wow, a year ago, I did not know Nora at all. How yeah. that mm -hmm. just doesn't translate. Mm. Um, but you, so you've been very intensely involved in it. So yes, I have, and I do this yeah. when I'm very interested in something. I learn very much about it very quickly. So, so you would know that you've been through some critique and you've given and gotten and, and mm. yeah, in a way that like, um, you know, you talked about Dario, where you're like, you were really, really. It took you what do you say, two days to open the file. It took me one day, maybe. It took you a day to open the file. Mm. Um, and you were so glad that he was so gentle because yeah. you really needed that early on. And I think mm -hmm. that's true. You know, it's funny. We, we bust on indie sometimes for uh, being a little bit um, unself-aware. Yeah. Right, right. But there's a fine line there, you know. I, it's funny, you know, we have very, we can talk about this on an entirely different episode. But we have very different mm -hmm. reviewing styles where I tend to be all praise in public Mm. Um, but quite, quite uh, critical. critical in private, even yeah. with work I love. Mm. Um, and you tend to um, be more even in both. Like you don't really make a distinction. I am gentle in public. Mm -hmm. I, I don't express myself very, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, um, scathingly, let's say in public. I try yeah. to bring my point across in a polite way. Uh -huh. But but you will still, you know, give a book a three star. I will or, still give a book a two star or a three yeah. star review if yeah, I feel yeah, that yeah. it's yeah. 
Whereas I'm much more likely to have a conversation with the author and say, here's why I don't feel comfortable giving this a review. And I think yeah. maybe you'd be better off without it. I actually did that early on because I did, I made the same, the same mistake that you did where, sure, let's just trade, you know, let's just Yeah, do, never, never, guys, yeah. never trade reviews. That's because that, the, the big point there in trading mm. reviews is you we get a person all, who, yeah. who, you get a person to review your book who wouldn't pick it up. Yeah. And you only want people to review your book who would pick it up to read. Because otherwise you'll get the wrong information. They'll tell you because to change your book exactly, you, exactly the way. Yeah. Exactly. You need, so a reader is not going to pick up your book if they don't want to read it. So anybody who gives you a review should be a person who has been interested enough mm -hmm. to pick it up. Mm -hmm. So this is why I will never, ever trade reviews again. Well, I hadn't published it, so it wasn't a matter of trading, but she, it was it was in a genre that I figured I'd like and what I knew about it resonated with me. So she said, I'm looking for, you know, um, advanced review stuff. And what had happened was I got it and um, it was a little mm -hmm. um, um, confusing with this. Yeah. She over described some things. It was very hard for me to put in my head. It's not all the time, but in certain areas, but at the same time, in some areas, it was very emotionally resonant. So my brother died during this mm. whole process and she was very nice, but she came back later and she said, Hey, can you still do that review? And I said, Oh my God, yes. I'm so sorry. I forgot about it. I read the rest of the book, but then I contacted her and I said, look, I don't know if you want me to give this a review because I can't give it anything better than a three-star review. I'm yeah. sorry, but this is yeah. some of the areas that I think are whatever, whatever. And she was so amazingly nice. She was mm -hmm. like, Oh no, that's okay, honey. She said, That'll just help to show that like it's that it's just not just my friends and family reviewing my book. She said, "I a three is fine. Just go ahead and put put an honest review in there, you know." And um, um, and I felt so relieved to be able to have that conversation with her and say, "Okay, hmm. she's okay with me doing this," you know. Yeah. But um, so tribe, yeah, you can go on some some real style. I was lucky because I had people, one of my significant others, the two in a row. It was uh, Stephanie and then the next one which ended up being a disaster of a relationship, but she was enthusiastic about my writing. Mm -hmm. And now I'm in a relationship with a woman who has, is not very interested in my writing, which yeah. I'm lucky I have, um, I'm lucky I have people already close to me where that's not, she doesn't need to be that person. Yeah. No, she really doesn't. And I've told you about my husband, right? He mm -hmm. reads it after I have bugged him about it, about it for a <laughs> month or so. And he likes the plots, but it's, it's not his thing and he wouldn't be, pick these books up um, in a bookstore, yeah. What kind of stuff does Urban read? It's more like fantasy. Mm -hmm. um, and he needs the element of unreal stuff. It doesn't have, it should not be like real life. So this mm -hmm. is for him a big problem. Um, and he likes um, a little bit simpler prose than the one I read or I write. Really? But he'll still read a classic now and then. God, so, I think we're similar in that prose, man. If you get the right prose, wow. It just opens me up in a way that like, this is why I read, you know? Yeah, exactly. For, it's for me, for me, it's the same. So um, there were a couple of books that we both uh, read uh, by Theodora Goss, um, mm. The Strange Case of the Alchemist's Daughter and European Travel for the Monstrous Gentlewoman. And they were nice in the way that they were fresh and they were a fresh view on, you know, this 19th century fantasy, sci-fi, monsters mm -hmm. um, stories, yeah? Mm -hmm. uh, like Moreau's Island and so on and so forth. Um, and they were all women, so it, it was, you know... Thematic. It, 
it was nice because it was a little bit feministic and they were strong women in the 19th century and they, you know, did what they wanted to do and they saved people, you know. They what? It was nice. It was a, it was a they what new... They what They sniffed people? What did they do? They saved people, saved people. From, gotcha. from evil or whatever, gotcha. you know, mm-hmm. because they were like, they were Heroic. monsters, detectives, kind of. It, 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 it was uh-huh. a nice, it's... It's a nice idea, you know. It's a very nice and fresh idea. A, uh-huh. a nice twist on those old stories um, of Frankenstein, for example, or so on and so forth. Um, yeah, and uh-huh. I, I read those books and I just couldn't... I had to push myself to finish them because the prose was nothing. Yeah. And I'm sure many of you will agree with me, but it was just a big... Like, I always make fun of this book and I tell Urban... Oh, you like this book where the woman puts her bag on the table. You know, they always put things on other things. <laughs> like if I if I look for the word put in that book, put, it will come up. Placed, like, yeah. So he put this on that and then she put this on that. Like there's not even a description of something interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, not even. That. And, and she hang she hangs her coat, uh, you know, the coat hanger. And mm-hmm. there's. Yeah. I don't know how you take a story that's as interesting as, as this female monsters detective story, which sounds very interesting, right? Yes. And you make it uninteresting by uninteresting prose. And I'm realizing mm-hmm. that I'm being very harsh towards a successful mm-hmm. fiction author. Mm-hmm. But, you know, she's successful. She yeah. doesn't need me to, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know, to praise her. But mm-hmm. this is the difference I have with Orban. This is what, was, this is what I was saying, that I need the uplifting so i need the uplifting prose i need the mm-hmm. prose that makes me feel something and not yes. prose where people uh. put things on other things all the time <laughs> <laughs> see what i mean i do and i've got some of that in mind and i've got yeah no that's interesting because genre kind of forces it in some ways but you know what's interesting and part of the reason that you get to have some of the great interiority that you have we're kind of going on a tangent here, but part of the reason you have some of the interiority that you have is that because you don't have a complex plot, your plot is your characters in relationship. Yes. And, and it's, it's fascinating. Very, it's very complex in the, in the, rela- in the relationship uh-huh. level. It's very complex yeah. in the feelings level, mm-hmm. but it's not very complex in the, in the plot level. Not but a lot of moving you never, parts. You don't really notice it, do you? No. I only notice it because I, I, only notice it because I, have, I've, I examined it. I, I looked at it and yeah. went, what do I like about it as a writer, you know, with a writer's eye. Mm. Mm-hmm. And there are things happening all the time. It's not like they're sitting there and pondering mm-hmm. the relationship. Mm-hmm. Like you always have something happening, even though uh-huh. it's not a very complex um, story. Mm-hmm. And that's why, you know, we were talking about ideas. But something else is that, um, you know, um, I think that, that's part of what we want to do when we were talking to Victoria a little bit about the cooperative thing is to make mm-hmm. a space for that sort of writing in the indie space because yeah. it can be hard to find. Yeah, so I don't like um, the books that are action, 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 action. And I don't like very complex plots. Sometimes mm. I just um, l- lose track of what's happening. That's what happened to me with Wheel of Time. I, I just oh, lost God, track. Yeah. I just mm. lost track. I just couldn't follow anymore. Mm. And I need to be able to follow what's happening. And this mm. is, you know... <laughs> Some authors walk, walk a very fine line and some are just, you know, beyond the line and you cannot follow anymore. Um, and those yeah. dangling and misplaced modifiers certainly don't help. Oh my God, yeah, that doesn't help a lot. But I, I prefer the simpler plots. Like, I, I read Handmaid's Tale and it's very simple, right? But you mm-hmm. cannot 
let this book down, you know, mm-hmm. because it's just so expertly written. But Resonant. Just, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is what I like in literature. And mm-hmm. genre literature can have that too, of course. Mm-hmm. Let's hope. Of course it can. I mean, yeah. we've read fantasy books that are riveting without having the 30 strands um, yeah. reading together. Oh. Yeah, w- this exists. Yeah. Com- plot complexity does not substitute for character depth. But no. what's interesting is that, you know, w- to bring this back to the topic, you and I are definitely, we value a lot of the same things. And so yeah. I value your opinion much more highly because I know, I, I literally, I've never, ha- uh, I don't want to even use that word because I'm always afraid that I'm going to misuse it. But I, I don't think you've ever said something to me where I haven't had to go, okay, I have to look at this because... I mm. resonate so much with the way you, f- with the things that you value that I'm going, okay, mm-hmm. because we value so many of the same things, you yeah. are much more likely to find blind spots that I care about. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because people can tell you your yeah. flaws, but if it's a flaw that you're like, yeah, I know it's a flaw, but I don't care. Like, yes. I don't, I'm not interested in fixing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and yeah, oh. you're really the ideal reader for me because you, like, you read that short story I wrote, and you really got what I was trying to subtly get across. And I don't know if everybody's going to get this. this yeah, thing. yeah. For but some it people, it's just going like... to be a cute little story about this little paranormal thing that happened. And other people are going to be like, ooh, the unease about this. And oh, yes, my God. Yes. I, so felt this is, that. I mean, it seems like your brain resonates with mine in that way, right? And that's so an important part child. about finding tribes. So, yeah. And, and so. You know, let's talk a little bit about how to find your tribe uh, and kind of like our journeys to do that. Because for uh, me, hmm. for me early on, I got started with this. I'd always wanted to be a writer, but I never finish anything. A notorious hmm. non-finisher. Hmm. Um, novels, novel, no, a novel isn't like a painting. I can do a painting within, even with oil paintings, within a couple of weeks. Chet, let me interrupt you. Hmm? Do you know that up to, until two years ago, I always said I'm the person who never finishes anything? No, see, that's the interesting. I didn't know that. You but don't know that because no. you don't have known me that long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I would never think to say that about you. And you yes. probably wouldn't think that to say that about me either because you've seen me finish a few things. Do you, do you know how many languages I've started learning? I never, like, I only learned three, two or three foreign languages. And yeah. my Swedish is not uh, up to the <laughs> level I'd like. So, but I've, I've started learning, like, six, for example. Mm-hmm. And I never, I never, I always get bored and um, quit. I'm, I'm, like, in my mind... Mm-hmm. I'm a big fat quitter. Yeah. But it's Not a very either. new thing for me that I don't quit stuff. And but this happened good... because, because um, we've talked about this before maybe, because I just found who I was supposed to be. Yeah. yeah. I was trying to finish the wrong stuff, you see. Yeah. <laughs> so how that relates to like finding a tribe, I think, is that, you know, I am... Um, Early on, I read, I listened to this book. It's really funny because I just recently posted something from an email from this, the same two guys that do that, that wrote this book that influenced me. It was, the, um, it was a nonfiction book about, uh, I think it was Read, uh, Write, Publish, Repeat. Write, Publish, Repeat, okay. Yeah, um, and it made me realize part of what was always so, because of the way my emotions work, mm-hmm. the idea of a gatekeeper that would say no over yeah. and over and over again was too yeah. big. Mm. Writing the novel itself was already hard enough. Yeah. To have to contend with gatekeepers for, with with no real like, to have to rely too much on luck and 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 on finding the right person at the right time yes. with the right story, just took, it just eviscerated. It just it just it just 
yeah. creative, creatively, I could not imagine um, completing something and having to to contend with that. And so reading this book made me go, oh, my God, I could just put it out there and I can yeah. tinker. I can tinker and narrow down and learn. Yeah. This is something I can do. And yes. that got me started, you know. Um, mm -hmm. And um, because of that, I started uh, as probably you did. You got it when you got in, involved with writing community. Uh, but for me... Um, I began writing, listening to podcasts. I listen podcasts was a big thing, and so mm -hmm. I would never approach somebody like a Joanna Penn or or, mm. or um, some of these really really big folks. But my friend and and uh, a fellow writer named AC Fuller, he had Writer Two Point and I loved what he said. I loved the things, the questions he asked, um, and so. Uh, there was that, and then there was uh, John put out a book, and this is not even one of my favorite of his books, but it was called Death Pope. Mm -hmm. Death Pope. And I said, well, holy shit. It was on a book bub, and I went, or it was a book bub or a book barbarian or one of, one of the book thing sites. And I said, I don't know what this is, but it's on sale for, <laughs> it's on sale for 99 cents or free. I am going yeah. to find out what a book about what yeah. Death Pope is. So I got it, <laughs> but then when I was reading that, somebody mentioned his first novel. Yeah. And how great it was. And I said, well, okay. And I looked at that. That's the one with the cover. We were like, whoa. Uh, it's a literary comedy drama kind of thing. And um, I read that and was just like, and so because these guys are, um, they're not Stephen King. They're not um, these unavailable, you know, indie mm -hmm. authors oftentimes are very, uh, certainly we are, uh, they're very um, available to their fans. And that is a, yeah. that's a double-edged sword, of course. But, um, and so were they. And so I reached out to these guys and said, you know, um, boy, I love what you wrote and oh my goodness and blah, 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 blah. And um, that's how I started to find some of my early tribe. You know, John and I ended up starting to have conversations. You know, I read more of his novels. Mm -hmm. um, and of course, you know, he, he you know, every, I think everybody author wants to get that kind of a, of, a, of a letter, a note, an email. And then with AC, you know, same thing where I became a big fan and then eventually his editor. And then, you know, mm -hmm. um, and then I get into Facebook groups and um, I only came to Twitter Mm, I created my author account. I, I, I had used Twitter to shit post about politics a lot because as you know, my politics can be sometimes a little bit mm -hmm. unexpected. And, um, <laughs> um, but that, that Twitter is horribly un that, that Twitter is awful, right? Some people call Twitter the sadness machine. Mm -hmm. That's, that's what I experienced with that, with that, um, that account. So I started an author account probably a little over a year ago, maybe a year and a couple months ago. And I really only got active with it in February and March as I was transitioning to new jobs in nursing and I'm much more involved with writing. So, okay, this is something you have to do. I'd heard Twitter was a thing you needed to do. And, mm -hmm. um, and so, of course, consequently, my, my tribe has, to the extent that I have one, has grown immeasurably yeah. because that's how I met you. It's how I met the last two girls I've dated. I, that's not, don't do that on purpose, but, you know. Yeah. Um, and so that's definitely a way to do it. But I would say, uh, for the new writers, especially indie writers, don't be afraid to tell your indie authors how much you like their novels in their social media. It may be in there. Um, you know, a lot of them have, um, like I have one, Chet Sandberg's Close Readers. Um, Nora, I don't remember what yours is called, but I know you have one. But, um, you know, you can find them on social media and Twitter. Like, so the, what's great about Twitter is that you can just straight up tag one of your favorites in a Twitter and it's not unlikely that you're going to get a response. Yeah. I mean, even Ted Williams had replied to me a 
that's going to be a couple of times yeah like, <laughs> like if i if i uh, tagged at williams he replies normally so i i haven't wow. tagged him about the <laughs> about the editing issue uh-huh. I'm uh, maybe one day I will just write a tweet. Why do you use seem so much? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe maybe I won't. Maybe. I won't. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that is one place where Twitter is very. It's amazing for that for finding your tribe. Now there's an upside and a downside to that, you know, because everybody's so available. Yeah. You know, you do get a lot of people pretending to be experts when they're not. Yeah. You do have. Um, I mean, that's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> And the, the strange thing is people listen to me for some reason. I don't know, oh, I don't you know have what's going on there. You have a compelling argument in a lot of cases. but So obviously Twitter, writing community, hashtag writing community. If for some reason you're finding this podcast from somewhere else, um, by all means, hashtag writer community, start looking for people. Um, you will find people that resonate with you. But it's like a family. You also find people that you loathe. You know, I mean, there's just yeah. no way to avoid it. Yeah, and you disagree with, right? Like, mm-hmm. I always disagree with certain people who try to teach me how to write without mm-hmm. ever seeing it, what I've written, yeah? Yeah. Um, and they try to teach me that I have to write in a completely different way by mm-hmm. using recipes. And I always mm-hmm. tell them, that's not how I write. And, you know, I don't, I don't, ha- I'm not invested in proving to them that, um, yeah, I can do this without the <laughs> recipes. But I am invested in, s- in putting my point of view under their tweet because there might be other people out there who are less um, stubborn than I am. <laughs> and they might st- start, you know, doubting their method. Uh-huh. So I don't want um, these people to doubt themselves too much and start um, using all those recipes. Uh-huh. You know, how to write then- bestseller. I, I want people to write what's in inside them, you know. And that gets to kind of it's why important. we did this, why we're doing this podcast, because this podcast isn't about how to be a successful indie publisher, not on purpose. I mean, we might end up having some of that. We did talk to AC about some of those things. We did talk to mm-hmm. Victoria about, we will talk about those things, but there's, that's not really, I don't think what we want to do with this. What we really want to do is, is, is uh, talk about the parts of writing that are um, not so focused on the end product as a product because there's so much that goes into and it's a very lonely it can be a very lonely journey um you know with you and your manuscript um well i never i didn't mind that because i'm very self-sufficient so leave me in a room with a computer i'm fine yeah ruthlessly so but uh, (laughs) yeah no 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 it's so funny because you're such a warm person in spite yeah, yeah. of that. But, uh-huh. but yeah, no, I mean, that's an amazing strength to have. But, you know, I do, like I said, one of the things we see, and I see this a lot, uh, I won't say a lot, but I see it especially with new writers, is like, does your boyfriend, girlfriend, wife, husband, family, do they like, do, will they read your writing? Do they like it? How do you go without support? And you really need to look for support wherever you can find it and find people with whom you resonate it's even better to find other people uh, with whom you resonate yes. because it gives you more value. Because with your husband mm-hmm. or your boyfriend, you always say, think, ah, oh, it's my boyfriend, you know. Or they want to keep sleeping with you, so they're going to tell yeah. you. Or my mom, she's your mom. Uh, by the way, nobody in, fam- in my family knows her right, and nobody in my husband's family knows her right, so yeah. I didn't have that at all. Um, <laughs> yeah. Interesting, but... Interestingly enough, my family had very positive reactions to my writing. Now, I don't think that my mother... Um, appreciates it on the same level as some of the other borderline mm. uh, people that I've, uh, re- that I've shared it with. But, you know, she has been generally enthusiastic. Um, but uh, there's no need for that. Like, I don't, you know what I mean? Like, I, um, 
I wouldn't want to for people to be discouraged simply because your mother doesn't like your writing. Uh, and that's a hard one to untangle, you know? I mean, Jesus. Some of us have had very toxic, toxic you know, um, um, family, and they can, they can really... Don't sabotage yourself by submitting your value as a creative person to the judgment of somebody who is demonstrably has been unsupportive, right? Yeah. Maybe don't use your writing to try to win, to try to, to, to try to break through that wall with your mom or your dad or a, a brother or, or somebody. You need to find, I, you know, it's very hard to do this alone. It's a very solitary yeah. exercise as it is, um, but it's very hard to go it alone. Um, and, and even if you can do it, like you're quite capable of doing it your own. I, it's so much more rewarding and valuable and, 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 and it gives back so much in my case. Well, it gives least. you the information, right? And I, I didn't yeah. know if anybody likes this and some yeah. people said they like it. So, oh, okay. Yeah. Like it, it gives me useful information. Mm -hmm. that... But even for me, like more than that, just having the, um, the friendship and the um, companionship um, on the path with somebody who has a like, who shares my values. Uh, as far as what I like about writing. That has been very important to me. That's very helpful. Um, and you might not find that in your immediate surroundings. You might have to go a little further afield. And don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to do that. Yes, and you make new friends like mm -hmm. we have. Yeah. important. <laughs> and um, so that's, that's a little bit about what how I feel about finding a tribe. I would have probably been like you when I was younger about like, look, I don't do this for anybody. I'm just doing it for myself. Um, and it's only because I have made some friendships and found some people in this community. Um, and like I said, not just the Twitter one, but you know, the community in general um, that have been very, very uh, rewarding hmm. and very helpful in, in going, you know, um, I have seen, I've seen this too, where people put out their first book, their second book, their third book, and they're not picking up the traction that they want and they're not getting instant success. And, you know, maybe they don't know about marketing. Maybe, you know, they can't quite get a grip and they get discouraged. Yeah, I understand that. But I decided early on to, to not bother because yeah. I wrote purely for therapy uh -huh. and I write purely for me that doesn't mean that it doesn't have to be perfect it has to be perfect it has to yeah. be grammatically perfect it has to be perfect in you know it's in, so funny in any possible way because this is because i'm obsessive compulsive about some stuff mm -hmm. um, and this that's the only reason um we can talk about that in the editing advice too where you have a hard time not not thinking that if this is true then it has to be true everywhere like uh no i don't have a hard time about that but it's the first the first time you i mean Look, I, I read a lot of books, yeah, and I read a lot of classics. Or I read books from many from different centuries, and mm -hmm. but I never consciously uh, examined the editing advice. Mm -hmm. uh, now that I know what the current editing advice is, which is largely a matter of fashion, contradict me all you want about that. Mm -hmm. I went back and started reading the same books again and different books from you know the eighteenth, nineteenth, and twentieth centuries, and I mm -hmm. see very often that it's just fashion that changes. You know, what was considered elegant two centuries ago is not considered elegant today. And so but I am very, I'm very careful uh -huh. in what I write. Uh -huh. um, I just want to bring the feeling I want to bring across. Yeah. So the argumentation is, is mostly correct. Uh -huh. 
but it, you always 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 judge you know um the text you have in front of you yes that's, that's the final trial yes of every recommendation see and sometimes it works and sometimes and it doesn't and sometimes recommendations will send you in the wrong direction Yes. We talk about that with critique partners. So, you know, finding your tribe. Oh, that, you know what? I totally skipped part of what my, my tribe, my whole thing was, where um, I was on a website called Scribophile or Scribophile. Mm -hmm. I call it Scribophile. I don't really know how you're supposed to pronounce it because I've only ever seen it, you know, I mean, it's, it's for writers. We see it in text. Mm -hmm. um, but it's a critique site. And yeah. the quality of critique on Scribophile mm -hmm. varies wildly I mean just yes. wildly so um, and it can take you need to know what you're doing if you're going into Scribophile you need to find you really need to try to find your tribe there you need to join groups okay. make friendships and find people that you you like their critiques not because they say everything you do is good but because generally when they point out a flaw it seems like a genuine flaw they're not telling you to write a new book or a book in a way that they would write yeah. it they're saying hey I see what you're doing hmm. have you thought about doing it this way so I've only oh. put one thing on Scribophile and uh -huh. I didn't, that's uh -huh. very interesting what you're saying and I have to uh -huh. take it into account because you always uh -huh. hear many different opinions on any given piece of, of literature. Yeah. Um, and I did find that um, the critique I got was very valid. So this is, I posted in there the only thing I ever wrote in English before <laughs> writing my first novel. It was a short story. Um, crazy. That's crazy. What's crazy? Just because, just crazy that was the first thing that you wrote before you wrote a novel that is quite an excellent novel. Like, oh, thank you. On, 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 I mean, not for an indie or in my case for its type, but like, I mean, you know me, I'm not an erotic, I don't, I don't read erotic literature in general because mm -hmm. when it's done badly, it's so bad. Um, and you've gotten me, and you know, because of my sexual trauma history, um, some of the things you talk about um, could continue, could in, in a, if done badly, be quite uh, something I'm quite averse to. But the thing is, you don't do it badly. You do it very, very well. And so it really, it's so much more rewarding in that sense too because it gets to, it lets me go to some places that might otherwise scare me. So Chet, I'm thinking about it now and you haven't reached that part of the book yet, but there uh -huh. is something to, towards the end that might be very, very traumatic for you. Yeah, I'm still gonna... Relating to your experience that you've talked about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I well, think you might want to skip that maybe but okay. be warned it's it's rough okay I'll, I'll skim it at least um yeah and so um scribophile was a big one for that too but scribophile you know i mean um it's it's not as um it's not as an everyday as like your facebook group buddies you know it's really funny i haven't i haven't finished a lit rpg novel or a, or a game lit novel yet but one of the most accepting and don't get me wrong, same thing as any family. You know, there's some people we blocked each other because we just do not get along. Mm. Um, but incredibly, um, um, I don't know how to explain it, but some of my friends that I get along with uh, quite a bit and interact with a lot on Facebook are mm -hmm. from the lit from the lit RPG writing community and the narrators mm -hmm. and some of the editors and stuff there. So, but don't be afraid to go too far afield and just for the love of God, um, you know. If nobody resonates with yeah, Scribble is good for that. It'll help you find some people that will resonate with your novel and let you know mm -hmm. that you're doing something that is. Mm -hmm. I don't know if everybody's like this, um, but for me personally, that's what I live for. I want, you know. It's difficult, you know, because I sent a person to Scribble File. Um, mm -hmm. 
because um, I get many um, requests for better reads and I can not possibly accommodate all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's she's very good. Uh, and she, her novel, from what I've seen, is very, very good. But it's very literary. Mm-hmm. And this is very strange for some people. Mm-hmm. And she's getting all kinds of critiques on Scribify and she just cannot decide who to listen to because mm-hmm. she thinks some of them have, have no merit mm-hmm. and it's very difficult to decide so mm-hmm. i didn't know about that what you're saying makes sense that you find your group maybe she should find you know a group yeah li- literary fiction and it's there there is a group for that i was in it mm. um there's low fantasy high fantasy. there's a group for everything and some of them are more active than others I will tell you right now, if, if you're listening to this and you want to get on Scribefile, you want critique, you want to get serious about increased... Uh, nothing has increased my craft, like increased my proficiency with writing as quickly as my time on Scri- Scribefile or Scribefile mm-hmm. over the course of six to ten months. Mm-hmm. The thing is, it's a karma system. So even though you're paying for... You can, there's a free version, but it's kind of... It's, it's kind of hindered but if you get yeah but if you get the if you if you get if you get the monthly or the yearly subscription one um and don't be sometimes people will just gift you one some if you'll have some interactions with people i swear to god this has happened where people just say they will give they're allowed to they just give you uh, a full subscription and people like oh my god what huh you know what happened and sometimes it's anonymous it's crazy it's such a cool community wow but um but um you know that's like 40 60 bucks i don't remember what it is but um but what i'll say is this is um that it's not a place where you can just you say you can where you can figure out why well, I paid my money and so now I deserve people to come you have to um critique other people's work you have to give meaningful uh, actionable uh critique on other people mm-hmm. and I would say the ratio is about five to one for every five people that you critique if you do a good if you do a good critique and these are going to yeah. take you these are going to take you an hour sometimes half an hour to an hour to two hours depending you know uh they're usually limited to about four thousand thirty five hundred four thousand yeah, usually three thousand three thousand five hundred words yeah yeah you can go larger than that but the the the, the system gen- gently chides you about it yeah. but the thing is you're going to spend a lot of time now don't think part of what's so valuable about something like a critique site like scribophile isn't just the critiques you get but it will teach you to think about how writing works because you're going to have to try to put into words you're going to have to you know um nora you often sometimes say it just doesn't feel right and you'll and you'll and you'll text me and you'll say what is yeah. it about this you know i know you're getting yeah. i mean right now most of the time you're nailing it you know the transitive intransitive stuff you know or the uh, uh repetition yeah. of the repetition of, of formal names you know yeah uh or things that i was not as sensitive to uh but what's really interesting is that um by having to think about it yeah well, that that so not just getting the critiques that you get, but giving them, will increase your will increase your proficiency in ways that are. I I can't, I can't imagine a creative writing class or a um, another outlet for that that is that works as well. Yeah. But like I said, you know, and Dario we talked about this too. You know, critique is he had kind of a jaundiced eye for critique and for good reason. Um, mm-hmm. a, a motivated motivated destructive person can be extremely destructive with critiques you have to be mm-hmm. um you know you get you'll get somewhere you're like okay fuck this person and for good reason well i use critical reading as a way to see what works mm-hmm. and what doesn't so i critique somebody mm-hmm. else and maybe it helps them but mostly mm-hmm. it helps me yeah. yeah 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 and this is how i read books as well 
So that's also a good way to find your tribe, though, because if somebody really appreciates your critique, you'll know it. They'll tell you a lot of times, you know. I had one person who was, who was, who was writing this amazing story, and I don't know if she ever got for it. It's a romance. And it was just such an interesting idea, and she wrote with such, such amazing feeling. She even changed points of view and stuff like that. And I remember we were exchanging email exchanges, and she said, you know, part of the reason I've been writing it lately is because I need to do this. You know, I want to see what Chet would say about this. I want to know what Chet thinks about this. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's important you find somebody who is your... Um, they don't have to like everything you do, but they have to value the things that you do in writing. Yes, Chet, I'm, I'm worried about that because you seem to like everything you write, so I need you to stop liking. <laughs> you know, I need you to tell me something negative about something well, at some I, point. Well, no, I do tell you. I do tell you occasional negative things. I do. Well, very, um, very few. Very few recently, just because I have a lot more trust for you. But that's part of why we're such close. Um, mm. Yeah. Yeah, but no, I, I will mean, just. That, yeah, I will just yeah. choose not to believe that you just that you're just saying good things to me because you like yeah them. yeah hopefully you don't minimize my um <laughs> hey i get paid to do i get paid to to to, to yes i'm edit, paying so, him yeah. um mm. how am i no, paying no, you again no no you're not paying me <laughs> what i'm saying is i don't want you to minimize my 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 opinion simply because it's so positive i want you yeah. to keep in mind that like um that um you get paid to fix people's stuff yeah i get paid yeah. to fix people's stuff so don't mm. don't immediately just kind of not that not that i think you would but yeah no well it's hmm. It's nice to have cheerleaders, even if there are a few. I have two cheerleaders. They're, they're enough. But if, especially if they're sincere. But, well, that's the thing, too. The quality of the people that you resonate with, you know, it's very important. Um, and I think, like I said, critiques, yeah. critiques a way to do that. So Scribblefile might be a way to do it. There's another site that does it, but I can't remember what it's called. Now, you can go to critique groups, but I will say this. Uh, well, in the time of COVID now. That's, it's ridiculous. I was in one where we had a core of three people, but other people would rotate in and out and they never stayed for long. There's three of us that were all together. But and, isn't uh, a critique group something that you can very easily do online? You could probably do it easily via Zoom yeah. or something. Yeah, what's really interesting about this was that we all lived in Salt Lake City and Salt Lake City was a big enough uh, place to have this. But it was fun because what we would do is we would actually wouldn't, we wouldn't do what you normally do in a critique group, which is write, a, you know, write a, or read a excerpt and get immediate feedback. We would email each other our stuff, right? Yep. And we would do track changes or like I do a Google Docs and substitutions yep. for that before the next week. They'd get it back. And then we would talk about uh, in more depth about why we made the suggestions we made and stuff like that. So instead of just getting the critique in the moment, you, you, you had the email you had the document, you'd give the document back, they'd have at least a day or so to digest it. And then when we got together, mm-hmm. everybody's been thinking about this stuff. And it really sparked some interesting um, conversations about your goals as a writer, like for this piece, you know, got, it gets you to think about things you might not have been thinking about, you know, and you'll get some, mm-hmm. yeah, in a way that like, um, Scribblefile might not even do. Scribblefile is very like, get in, Here's my ideas. Get out. If we are friends, we're friends. If we're not, we're not. But it's when you go and you have to tell somebody and you have to, they, they, it'd be like, you've done a couple of Scribblefile critiques, but imagine going in. Yeah. Imagine. Okay. So imagine you did a critique and now you know you're going to be in a room with somebody for an hour or so discussing about the critique. Are you telling me that? Do you think I care? (laughs) It's like, I give people feedback to their face. Like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I don't care. Oh no, I wasn't saying that you don't think that you're able to do it. I'm just saying it's a different thing. It gives you a different thing. Right? I will still be ruthless. I don't know. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, I was ruthless too. 
I'm not saying it's going to, that's not what I mean. I guess what I mean is um, it's so much more valuable to be able to in person get the clarification. Yes. Because somebody might think that they're expressing to you why something doesn't work. Yes, of course. It's, it's important to speak with people, right? Mm-hmm. But you want to nail it down. You really want to know. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, don't be afraid to do it through um, critique and whatever enthusiast writing stuff that you can find. Um, Facebook groups can work. Some more better than others. Do you have any recommendations? Because I haven't found any Facebook groups. Oh, um, the ones that I'm most part of are lit RPG ones. Mm-hmm. They are the okay. most empathetic. They are the most empathetic groups. I and and what happened was about a year and a half, about a year ago, um, I moved all of my writing stuff. Not all of it, but I moved a lot of my focus to Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, for better or for worse. And so, I mean, Twitter's a horrible place to sell, I think. I, there are people that say you can do it, but everyone that does it, they do stuff that annoys the hell out of me. Well, the, the people I, you follow them, only, they. Yeah, they, I've only sold books because of Twitter, so I don't know. Yeah. I haven't yeah, sell, yeah, yeah. sold so many, so I don't know. Yeah, but you know what I mean? The, the thing where they'll, they're like, they immediately DM you and they say, hey, thank you. And then also, hey, here's my book and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, don't. come on. I just ign- it doesn't happen that often and I just oh. ignore it. It's fun. I, I, have, I have met many mm-hmm. friends on Twitter, I have to say. And. You know, all of our um, or most of our interview interviewees mm-hmm. um, have come from Twitter, except mm-hmm. um, AC. Mm-hmm. And I really think I've created some friendships there. So I yeah. be. And you know, it's this. Oh, that's what okay, I'm talking about. What I'm talking about. I understand about is... that you, for selling, it's not that's the best, saying. right? Yeah. But um, I'm not. I'm not trashing Twitter at all. Uh, what I'm saying is only for people like because I, I like to say, and people say, "What well, Chad? I can sell on Twitter." And I'm like, I think what you're doing and what you're looking for. Yeah. might be different than what I'm doing and what I'm looking yeah, for maybe. when I go to Twitter. So when I say Twitter's not for selling, I think it, unless you want to do some things that a lot of uh, writers are uncomfortable with, it's not the best place to get your message. But I don't think anybody sells because they send immediately send DMs, right? Yeah. I, I, well, I really doubt that. But I tell you what, I've had some people say, you know, you're never going to go anywhere, Chet, because you won't do that. Really? I don't know. Mm-hmm. For me, it's difficult because I live in Germany. I, I'm not in the US or in the UK. I cannot sell in the ways that you people can sell, right? So, of course, it's a uh, digitalized how, world. How is that now? What, how is that? Well, I'm not in the country, right? I Sure. It's difficult for me to set up stuff. Um, I'm, not, I'm not American. But you have, a face, you have a Facebook group, right? You can have interaction there. Yes, but it's difficult for me to find customers, to find readers. Yeah, well, I think it's difficult for everybody. So well, but it's more difficult if you're not there in the country. I think. Really. Like if, I, if I if I wanted to sell in Germany, I would just, I would go to the Frankfurt uh, Book Fair, for example. Oh, oh, I, would, I see what you're saying. And yeah, I would yeah, yeah. and I would go to bookstores and I would leave my book there and I would mm-hmm. have readings and you know I would go I don't know I would I ha- I have more I know more people here I would go to social mm-hmm. media and you know befriend on social media everybody I know and and everybody they know and you could spread the word in your community because online communities do have some overlap with your physical community but how you know? valuable is the is your is the part that overlaps with the physical community going to be for i don't know i don't know but for example for for example to market at some places um like can you market from outside the us i'm not sure about that i mean i know i can oh, yeah. i can go oh, to yeah. kdp and i can have a kdp account uh-huh. and from germany and uh-huh. i sign a german contract and everything and you can do um, ads I could probably do ads. Yeah, I'm not doing that. Uh-huh. But people say that oh. Amazon ads are not very useful. I don't know. No. Uh, um, uh, okay, so Amazon ads are going to be... 
Yeah. Very so the, thing, <laughs> the reason I didn't do KDP is because I read the terms and they said no explicit content mm-hmm. and I didn't put my book. And every erotica writer has explicit content. So mm-hmm. I don't know what they meant by that. Maybe mm-hmm. I read the terms wrong. You didn't. Um, you didn't. Amazon selectively... Uh, this is of, of boy, I'd say the indie community probably, probably knows exactly what I mean. I'm not, I am not haven't even published yet, but mm-hmm. just from, from speaking with people in the indie community where they're like, Amazon very selectively um, addresses the things in its terms. So it has a lot of things in its terms that it never enforces or only enforces sporadically. Yeah, because every erotic book or short story on Amazon is published via KDP. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. ha- and has boobs or abs or naked people K- on the I- cover. You mean KDP Unlimited? Because everybody, everybody uses no, KDP. No, I mean KDP. I mean KDP. So I, th- I thought back then that I read the conditions and I understood no explicit co- content, but maybe they meant no explicit covers or whatever. I have no idea. Maybe well, I read it there wrong. are some things with covers where they will... So, oh, perfect example. Let's talk about this mm. because this came up with Josh. Um, mm. When Josh came up with his book. Who's Josh? Uh, Josh, who was somebody that I uh, partly collaborated with and edited his first uh, couple of books oh, okay. in, the, in this particular series. His mm. name is uh, Joshua Mason. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he came up with this idea for a lit RPG that was, it's called 8-Bit Bastards. Yeah, I remember that. We That's didn't cool. think about this at all until he goes to buy ads and he goes, oh my God, I can't buy ads. <laughs> Yeah. He can't buy ads because Bastards is in Bastards the title. Bastards in the title, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I so, would expect yeah. that, yeah. But it no, you, you, you don't want a gun f- pointed t- you, t- towards the, the, like out from a cover towards a reader. Yeah. That's, that is something pe- they don't like. And you, you can find, if you know, you can find your genre um, community and find uh, some pretty good advice, f- some very practical advice for that as far as to mm-hmm. like how to navigate Amazon and stuff. But um, but you know you could do Amazon ads, you can do um, um, Facebook groups. Yeah. You know you can get your word out there. But yeah, I do. I see what you're saying about the book fairs. There are some people in the fantasy community um, where they sell the bulk of their books physically. Mm. Uh, boy, they might get be getting killed by this COVID stuff. But they would go to the cons. They go to the mm. cons and they um, they set up. Um, just boxes and boxes of books you'll have shipped. Yes, the point is, what you don't realize is that you have an extended uh, circle of acquaintances. And I don't. Yeah. Like, I know yeah. German people, I know Greek people, I don't know... I know very few English-speaking people, and they're not my close friends, so I cannot go to them and say, hey, spread the uh-huh. word. You see, th- it's, it's very, very different. Like, most mm-hmm. indie authors have, you know... The first 200 books, you s- they say, is the circle of, uh, you know, family and friends. Sure, and but I that's, don't have that's, the family and friends. I don't have. Yeah, that. okay, but that's because you my up family a bit. doesn't know I write, <laughs> and my friends, some of my friends don't don't really read English, and and the few friends who do have supported me a lot, but uh, I don't have the, you know, my friends as an audience. But or think my, about it. My, so, and I know this works. I, my the, my little RPG friends have told me this too, and they said, look, you don't. Eventually, it doesn't matter as much, but if yeah. if if all of your reviews are you know, your first 30 or 50 or whatever are all friends and family. Mm. The thing is, the way the algorithm works on Amazon is that people who bought this book and liked it also liked this book. It's called Also Bots. Yes. Well, the way the algorithm works is that you really want the people who are reviewing your book to be people who read that genre and have read and reviewed other books in that genre so that the things that uh, Amazon can suggest to other people means that you end yeah. up being seen with other yes. books that they're that, that genre readers are familiar with. I understand. Now to find mm. my genre, it's just the age-old problem. 
We're gonna create it. We're gonna create. <laughs> we our, can create just a new genre. Just just well, put it in on Amazon. Yeah, well, yeah, that's another thing too. This is where we're starting to get into the um to the real technicalities. And at some point, we should get some experts on here about yes KDP Rocket and genre yeah. placement and um and that kind of stuff. And I tell you what, some of the lit RPG authors might be some of the best people to talk to. The only problem with yeah. that is some of them are pretty um protective of their processes for good yeah. reason for good reason there's been plagiarism in that community mm -hmm. that is troublesome this happens in romance just mm -hmm. straight up ripping it off completely with only a few minor changes well, it's pretty disheartening um but we, we you know we can get some expertise on this but right now for this episode what we really want what i what i really want to focus on is how to find the emotional and um and writerly support that you need in order to do well, this job that is otherwise yeah. done in isolation well, my, with... my only way is social media actually because i don't have the physical connection to english-speaking um uh -huh. people yeah. so um this, this has been my only way and i do it by trial and error and by uh -huh. trying a lot like i speak with many many people um uh -huh. on twitter yeah. you've seen this uh -huh. um and yeah i love twitter i love twitter's writing community for this i've gotten yeah i've gotten many, many new friends oh my goodness some of the people i just i you know and i i'm so happy and even if we don't talk all the time um just seeing the tweets come up and I'm like, oh man, I love it when they weigh in. I love and when they weigh in. genuinely supportive very yeah. often. Mm -hmm. Sometimes mm -hmm. the advice is not, mm. we'll talk yeah. about that when we talk about um, yes. editing advice gone wrong. Yes, yeah, that's gonna be <laughs> Or great. writing advice uh, mm -hmm. gone wrong. That, that yeah. we, could, we could, or you know, the, the wrong use of. Um, the abuse right. of abuse, writing and yes. advice. Yes, use and abuse of writing advice. This is how we should call it, right? The use mm -hmm. and abuse of writing advice. Yeah. That would be yeah, nice. Yeah. I will enjoy that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I can tell that you're going to dominate that conversation, I think. Yeah. Uh -huh. But you're the editor, Chet. <laughs> you should be dominating the conversation about editing advice. Going no, 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 no. Well, that's the thing, though. Like, we have, it's one of those areas where we disagree on some things and it'll be fun oh, to have yeah. a conversation, but you yeah. definitely are passionate about it. And so, yeah. Yes, I always say, I, I say it 10 times a day, I judge on, you know, occasion. I don't, I don't have rules. I just see and judge every time. This is the way I go through life. Mm -hmm. And this is how I edit as well. Yeah. Well, you know, I told you I had somebody recently that said, oh, Chad, you know, it's so funny because you said it's a fashion. And somebody in the LitRPG community said, oh, you know, I read a book that you edited. And I thought, man, I love the way he edits, but, you know, it's just my, the genre, hmm. you know. Um, you know, the, the readers, they, they, I'm like, uh, I don't know if that's true or not. Um, but, um, but I really say this guy's brilliant guy. Um, and, uh, he knows his shit and he's, mm -hmm. um, he's, uh, he's interesting, but you know, that's what it is. You want to get more, more than one opinion. You know, that's the other thing too, is that, uh, I'm not always in the same political or thematic resonance with mm -hmm. some of the people in the RPG community, but that some of them, especially on Facebook, where I'm a little bit more, I talk a little bit more personally about what's going on and it stays up longer. Mm. They'll reach out and say, Chet, you doing okay? You know, mm. you've, you've seen that there's a, there are a few members of the community I argue vehemently with, or they argue with me vehemently mm. about uh, politics mm. and all that kind of stuff. But some of those guys and gals are some of the first people to, 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 to check in with me to make sure I'm doing okay. Cause they all know that I'm, that I have a mental uh, health issues and yeah uh, sure i mean like the that. one is not doesn't have to do with the other i mean mm -hmm. there are two different issues I yeah with that. they should mm -hmm. yeah and i will too so finding your tribe i think finding we've i think tribe. we've if we're going to summarize here um i would say the important things are to know that you need one that yep. one will be very helpful yeah all right and to not be discouraged 
if the people who are immediately around you, you know, your friends and family might not value the same things in writing or in storytelling that you do. So look, find your support system and, um, and be giving and kind. Don't just ask, obviously, I think you shouldn't even have to ask this because you shouldn't even have to say this, but I guess it's good to say that. Don't just ask for what you can get from them, but see what you, how you might be able to help them. Mm-hmm. That's a good way to um, make inroads. And, um, you know, we've talked about Twitter. We talked about Scribophile. You can get so much from Scribophile. But I got to tell you, I feel a lot more emotional resonance and closeness with Twitter yeah. than I do with Scribophile. Even though Scribophile mm-hmm. is very valuable to me, mm-hmm. a lot more resonance with Twitter. Find your tribe and uh, treat them well. And they might not be in your genre. They might not be oh, in sure, your, yeah. they might not be in your, um, I don't have age. a genre, so I cannot find the they, they might not be in your age group. Yeah. They might not yeah. be in your normal peer. They might not be in your country. They may not speak your first language, Yes. but you don't want to be limited just to the people in your personal space. I think that's an obvious thing, but I think don't be hurt if your significant other doesn't like your stuff. No, you shouldn't be hurt at all. The, the important yeah. part is do they yeah. support your goal and your dream in yeah. any in any way you know yeah. they don't have to necessarily read your stuff or praise yeah. your stuff but yeah they have to understand what's important to you that's that's the, the one thing that they have to do right mm. yes they have to understand what's important to you and it should be important to them too probably yeah you know they should have the same similar values um so yeah, don't get discouraged. They, if, they don't uh, even need to have the same values. They just need to understand that it's important to you. You know, maybe well, they the people don't. Are. Maybe they don't get what you're why you're writing. Maybe they never read yeah. books. Maybe they don't like yeah. books. They just have to accept that it's your thing. You know, and it's yeah, yeah. To but you're you. talking about you're talking about the people in your immediate. I'm talking in about your, your immediate. Yeah, because this is what what uh, makes many people doubt themselves that they. But are, that's why I'm talking about your tribe. Yeah. The tribe, the people that you mm. find that are writers, they should be yeah. people that share your values. They exactly. should be people so that, your family yeah. doesn't have they might to, not do it. your, your yeah. tribe does have, because you talked about significant others. This is why mm-hmm. I, I said, I, I talked about that. Of course, I can understand it's a little bit, uh, you want your friends and your family to support you, but it's Oh, I'm really glad, I'm really glad that my current, that, that I met my current significant other after having two that were really supportive, mm. right? And having branched out and having enough confidence in my uh, that this is really what I want to and should be doing so that I can absorb it. Like it's not, I don't take it personally. I know it's not personal. I've had enough people bounce off of my work um, and enough people just be like, oh my God, I need to know what happens next. Mm. I've had enough of both those experiences to know that it isn't personal and that they yeah. don't have to, they, they, they can still love you and not be able to engage with what you create. Yes, it's absolutely it's, possible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So look for the people that can, and they, they and look for them wherever you can. So Twitter, Twitter writing communities. I, I I wish somebody would have told me about it years ago. Mm. Um, and uh, um, you know, like I said, some, there's some Facebook groups, but uh, I'm not in groups as much as I used to be, um, because so many of my friendships have been in, in the writing community. And then Scribophile for help with. That's a good way to find people that have similar values. Because you can tell by their critique and your critique of them whether you whether you like or want the same things from the writing, which is harder to do on Twitter. You know, one of the if you want to get a, a tweet ignored, you know, uh, post an excerpt 
of something yeah. written. Mm-hmm. People mm-hmm. aren't there. It's not for that. They don't want to deeply engage there. Um, yeah. They don't. They're not going to. Sometimes, I mean, sometimes I'll do. Uh, I'll get a few people that are interested in my editing ideas by taking something and saying, why was it written like this? And I'll have somebody say, well, I don't see what the problem is. And then I'll take that document and I'll put it into yeah. a Word, a Google Doc and I'll fix it or yeah. I'll show all the things I change and then I'll post that up and they can see the before and after. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, yeah. Do you have anything to add about... Um, no, I'm still pondering all the points we talked about, about yeah. the tribe. And I'm so glad that I found one. I'm so glad that like I have mm-hmm. good writing friends that I... Uh, that I trust. And just a few friends yeah. are enough. Yeah, it doesn't have to be a lot, right? Yeah. It doesn't have to be a lot, no. It has to be the correct people, right? Mm-hmm. Well, as a matter of fact, if it's too many, you're probably not getting the emotional depth. I mean, everybody's different, mm. right? But you might not be getting the emotional depth that you need from the few that you have. You know, you, mm-hmm. if you have fewer, you can go a little bit deeper. You can get a lot more giving and taking in those few relationships mm. than you would if, like, you have... You know, we talk sometimes about attractive people posting selfies and getting a lot of support from that and probably getting a lot of book sales from that. And um, that's, I don't know if that's as valuable to the, I mean, everybody has their own style, so maybe it works for them. But for me, that wouldn't be as valuable as finding people who are like, oh, I really want you to. Uh, believe me, Chad, if I look good in a bikini, I would just post a picture of me in a bikini to make people uh, <laughs> buy the book. Like some people do. We all yeah. know who we are. <laughs> eh, it's funny because I don't, um, I post stuff just because my, because of my, you know. My yes, this is why you post your abs, right? To get people to buy your books only, you, you have to keep your I don't have books to sell though. Yeah, that's the problem. Just keep the abs until the books come out. Yeah. I'm, I'm joking, of course. I know. I wouldn't put pictures of, my, of me in a bikini just to sell. Yeah. It, it's all joking, people. I'm, I'm not serious. <laughs> hey, if it works for you, do it. Hey, whatever. I just, and we've talked about this too. There's probably a ceiling there. But the whole point of it is like, you, you might get a lot of engagement from from that stuff and it might work fine for what you you're trying to do. You know how I could get engagement? I could probably read my erotic bits um, on a video. Oh, you could. You need to do something though. You can't get more than like, it's 30 minutes or a minute on Twitter. Naturally, you have to create an advertiser account. You can look it up online, but there's a way to do it where you can put longer form video on. That's how you have to do it. Well, I just need a snippet. How yeah. long can you do? <laughs> oh, I can't remember if it's 30 seconds or if it's a minute. I think it might be a minute. It's uh, enough, chat. Yeah. I mean, for Twitter especially because of the engagement thing. Mm-hmm. And if you guys, um, we're in the process of thinking about setting up an account for the podcast and an email for the podcast so that we can get some feedback from mm-hmm. People, so if and we have a um, Slack group, so if anybody oh, wants, oh, we do have a Slack group. We should get a Discord too. I'll, I'll, I'll think about. Good. So that was a nice discussion. Yeah, I think we've uh, I think we've delved a lot into that. Unless we get feedback, it would be nice to get some clarification feedback on some of this. So hopefully, you know, I'll get some time off here in between while I'm doing on this hard edit uh, deadline. I might set up the um, yeah the feedback account and the like the email and the um, and the um, the Twitter um, handle for for borderline genius mm-hmm. and then we can start getting some 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 real feedback about this and get some engagement and maybe even read some of your tweets or your uh emails um and answer your questions we might have a, a q a um episode yeah. every now and again we can do that supplement. yeah yeah mm-hmm. so we're great we're, we're glad to have you guys with us on this and hopefully um we are addressing some things that might be needed in the community that are not just 
how to sell books. Yeah, because that stuff just burns. I mean, it was fascinating when I started, but then it got overwhelming. Mm. And then it became like irritating. Yeah. <laughs> and there's t- plenty of people doing that. There's plenty of people doing that. So uh, we wanted to do something where we kind of reach you a little bit more personal way. And so maybe while you're stuck in, especially now, stuck in um, quarantine, and you, maybe you're watering your petunias or um, you know, <laughs> got us in the background while you're washing dishes, thanks for, for coming with us on this journey. And we hope to have more uh, uh, deeper dives into topics like this in the future, uh, as well as more interesting guests. We have quite a few interesting guests um, already you know, recorded and ready to go. We just, um, we want to time them at, you know, in a, in a way so that we don't overwhelm y'all at one time. It's just too awesome. It's just too amazing that we can't, um, we can't give it to y'all at one time where you'll, you'll get, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> yeah. Good. So All join right. us next time. 